0: section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. Podcast, bringing the most in depth insight and analysis into the world of professional wrestling. On today's show, we have Aaron, Roger, and Doug to join Andrews. We discussed this month's view from the turnbuckle. So, we have some uh, sad news. Unfortunately, superstar Billy Graham and the humble one Iron Sheik have passed away. Aaron, did you like any of those wrestlers, or are they just legends uh, in their own mind?
1: Well, no, I, I think they're all legends. Uh, you know, superstar Billy Graham in particular—he uh, was instrumental in so many people's careers. A lot of people had lifted, or even like blatantly stole from him to uh, for their look. In particular, Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, he credits superstar Billy Graham as being the one that really helped elevate his game, uh, so that way he would look and, and sound quite a bit like him. And, you know, if you go back and listen to some of his promos, you can hear it. Uh, You can definitely hear what the 80s WWF would sound like. And this was, you know, done in the 70s. And superstar Billy Graham was he was quite the talent. And just to kind of see his transformation in the during his time in the WWF was actually really cool to see. And while he was before my time, I have gone back and looked at uh, some of his retrospectives. And it is really cool. Uh, You know, very sad. Luckily, he was, you know, a lot older. Uh, Same thing with Iron Sheik, you know, a lot older. Uh, And, and, you know, luckily they had good lives or at least, uh, you know, they lived to a a, a much longer age than a number of other wrestlers.
2: Uh, I echo Aaron's uh, sentiment. Exactly. It's uh, it's sad to see him go, but uh, they did get to live their lives uh, to the fullest. Uh, It's very interesting uh, listening to uh, Iron Sheik on TikTok or not TikTok, but uh, Twitter. His his Twitter handle just him mean, blew up. He I think it was more popular now than he ever was back then. But um, still, sad to see him leave. Uh, go and uh, wish their families the uh, the best. Yeah, I echo. certainly sad to see them go. Happy they got to live
3: a long, fulfilling life. Obviously, in wrestling, that's not always a guarantee, for sure. There's far too many times you've reported somebody dying at a young age. Um, these two, in particular, are very important to the career of Hulk Hogan, You know, whether it was superstar Billy Graham, basically, who... Billy Graham is to Hulk Hogan, as Nature Boy Buddy Rogers is to Ric Flair. That's basically the origin of both those characters. And then, obviously, Iron Sheik, Hulkamania, taking the title from the evil foreigner. And then Iron Sheik became a bit of a meme toward the end with his Twitter... But you know both of them they were funny they were you know characters I think Aaron hit it nail on the head What you saw in the 70s with them is what the WWF would become in the 80s So certainly in rest in peace I think their legacy in wrestling is secured for sure um, For anyone who hasn't seen the Superstar Billy Graham Highly recommend it It's a very good insight And you kind of see that like genesis of the Hogan character And same with Jesse Ventura Jesse Ventura ripped his whole character off too I mean that's the Whether it was the boa and the bright and the tights All of that All the things you see in Hogan and many other characters That he's kind of the guy Like I said he was the nature of buddy Rogers Gorgeous George of that type of character
0: all right so hey let's talk while while i have you let's just keep talking about uh other people that are maybe legends cm punk what are your thoughts on uh, the fact that he finally returned roger i know you you're a huge fan of him right now and i think we talk about
3: him a lot you know uh, in ring uh, let me say promo Unquestionably a talented promo. He's probably top 10 all time, if not top 5 on the microphone. That is isn't punk's problem. In the ring, when he was younger, he was certainly much better, but he is, I believe, 47 years old now, so he's got to work a different style. He's not Kenny Omega. He's not Daniel Bryan. My problem with him has always been, you know, he's got the maturity of a 13-year-old girl. And quite frankly, with him, it's not a matter of if it's only a matter of when the next issue with him happens. Like I I hate to say it. The comparison is Jeff Hardy. It's not when the next, it's not if you're going to screw up, it's when are you going to screw up? And for me, I'm not seeing anything from punk that implies remorse or a change in behavior. It's more. So we just forget it ever happened and move on. Okay. Well, what happens when the next guy pisses him off? What happens when the next time he's angry that somebody said something in four months later, or I don't know what's the next time. And he wins a championship and hurts himself two days afterwards. I mean, it's just, it's not a bad idea to build collision around him, but I also am like you're playing with fire here. I mean, he's much closer to 90 Shawn Michaels outside of the ring than he is inside of it. I'll tell you that.
2: I was going to do uh, there's, there's just so much I would love to get into with this. And um, I'd like you guys to stop me when I'm telling lies, but uh, I really wanted to tell him instantly that he was lying. Um, the voice of the voiceless, my ass. Um, I just, there's, there's so much that he, he has, he is, he gave up his time. He, he had a prime, he went off, he had his little tantrum and he went away. He could have gone to another place to wrestle. If he really wanted to wrestle for fans, he, he could have done a whole lot more for the business. And, you know, now that he says that he wants to come back and help the business and help the the young people. And then constantly, well, I don't like how you're doing that. So if it's not my way, it's the highway. <clears throat> and I'm gonna start dissing you because I like things this way and if I don't understand it then whatever and him getting the title I don't have a problem with him getting a title just because it is a a clickbait kind of thing. Um, he He made himself popular enough to be uh, on ESPN and all the news places so giving him the title to get the clickbait great no problem but he needs to pass the torch and he needs to pass it now. So Doug and I were lucky enough to see him at all out
1: in 2022 when he left the company and we we're lucky enough to see him return at collision, uh, which is really cool. We got to be at the very first episode of collision and watch him come out uh, as a Chicago crowd. So they were definitely behind him, uh, which is very different than when he went to Canada uh, and, and he had a, a quite a mixed response. I, I think when we had talked about him in the past, I was probably the most lenient. I definitely agree with Roger. You know, one of the things I had said was if I had an EFED, he would definitely be one of my top stars, you know, because I don't have to deal with the backstage drama. And as a fan, we don't have to deal with the backstage drama a whole lot, right? There's some stuff that comes out of it. And because of that, I enjoy seeing CM Punk on the screen. I like seeing him on the screen. I think he is entertaining. I think he is talented. 100% agree he was way better when he was younger on the mic i think he's top five all time like I, I think that the way that he can work a crowd and what he's been able to do you know he is up there in rarefied era with somebody like an austin or roddy piper or even like you know 80s hogan for you know the 80s era uh he is he's up there for sure so i really enjoy seeing him that said again if if i'm running the company i probably would i'd be like you know what after the out, i'd be like i'm good you know, like we're going to part ways. We're going to fare our way to amicably, you know, separate. Uh, there's obviously got to be something else there in order to keep them around. And I'm, I don't know what it is. I, I'm very curious based on the promo he cut previously. It was, hey, we're going to literally give you a whole nother show that will only have CM Punk on there. And that was, I think, what they were they were trying to do with it uh, just to kind of keep them separated from the elite. Because I think with AEW, you have to have the elite. Well, then you also have this really talented person. Well, how do you go about doing this? And I think that this is the way that they've kind of figured it out. Now, it's also going to be very interesting when you have all in, when you have all out, when you have these pay-per-views that him and the Young Bucks potentially are going to be at. What's that going to look like? Um, you know. So I like CM Punk. He is definitely a bit of an ego trip uh, if I don't have to deal with that
0: you know, then I'm fine seeing him on the screen. And you know, my, my thing is I like the idea of CM Punk. I like the idea of him being there. I like the idea of him going out there and like, give him a G, you know, I go to sleep. But I, I think, uh, he's almost like if you're there for like three months, you're gone for six, do another three months. Then I'm okay. I think that's where I, I think his bread and butter should be. But, uh, the whole thing with him being around collision, I think that, um, it's going to be a mistake at, when it's all said and done. I think you need to have him other people as well just on that show and just leave it that way and then you can have the people that you know because right now with, their, with three shows a week so you know, Wednesday two hours Friday one hour Saturday two hours realistically I still believe that collision should be something like a dark the first hour and then a show afterwards but
3: either here or there um, um, Andy uh, let me ask you this real quick He loves Bret Hart. He does Bret Hart tribute matches, all that kind of stuff. I've always felt that if he were actually like Bret Hart in the sense that willing to put over younger talent, step aside, that he actually would have true value. But he's much closer to 90s Shawn Michaels than he is closer to 90s Bret Hart.
0: I want to say also something about that I never really paid attention to. That Ironman match where uh, Bret dropped the title to Shawn, right? Um, there was a port, there was two parts in that match where Shawn Michaels could have been dead and Bret Hart saved his ass. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, to me, that just says so much about his character and how much he actually loves the wrestling business because he could have let him hit that gu- the, the I think everyone's seen the one where he, he saved him from the guardrail. He could have let him hit that and he would have been knocked out and then they would have had to, you know, he couldn't have just let let it go 60 minutes. Brett would have retained, but instead he saved him. So I, I, just... I
3: think Brett um, has said he takes pride in the fact that he's never injured someone in the ring. He saved. That's like. A, a... And he's he's always been a person. I mean, it's ironic, unfortunately, that he, of course, would end his own career by some sloppy piece of crap injuring him. But he takes a real pride in the fact that anyone who's ever worked in the ring with him has come out safely, which is, again, he him and Shawn Michaels hated each other. And yet he had enough respect for the business and for Shawn as a person to say, I would rather get this match done properly and I'm going to lose here as opposed to letting you get knocked out and see Wank take advantage of the situation. You know, I'm not saying Punk would hurt somebody intentionally. I'm just saying I wish he – I wish he was more like Brett, as opposed to just wanting to be a bad imitation of Brett. I agree. Um,
0: so let's talk. Let's talk about the the man of the year so far, uh, MJF. Um, so he has held on to his title uh, for uh, was it a uh, definitely a forbidden Forbidden Door, and um, I'm drawing a double it. or nothing. Thank you, double. Or- Apparently, I don't know what the N stands for. Yes, double or nothing. So, yeah, so he actually he retained both both those. Um, I now to me, are they teasing more? You know, Adam Cole versus him now, or um, I'm just kind of curious. Like, uh, you know, Aaron, where do you think that this that they're kind of putting MJF in now? Because I think that his reign has been great, but it's kind of like almost stopped. Like it's it's like there's been like the brakes put on for some reason.
1: So I love the idea of the four pillars match. I think it was a great way to have younger talent in there uh, to really showcase them. Uh, you know, they did some really awesome spots. They had uh, one where they all used their mentors finishing moves, which was really awesome. I absolutely. Love that. I, I gotta say MJF's reign for the most part was kind of like, eh, to me, it was like, eh, it's been okay. Up until recently, his match with Adam Cole, i thought was tremendous i don't want to say it was the best match on free tv but it's you know because i think the tag team match recently was also really good but it was one of the best singles matches on free tv um and this what they've been doing with him and cole um has been absolutely amazing i i gotta say the segments they've been doing i love because one it keeps cole out of the ring. So he can save his body and he doesn't have to, you know, potentially get injured. So that's great. Same thing with MJF. They can stay out of the ring. They can do their little shtick and then they can have the match next week. You know, so they they're doing amazing stuff with him. I think I'm going to say this. I actually hope Adam Cole goes back to being heel and him and MJF kind of do like a, a buddy duo. I, I, I kind of hope for that. Like like Adam Cole sees the light and he's like, you know what? You're right, Max. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to do this and we're going to try to win the tactiles. I kind of want to see that. I'm not saying that that's what they're going to do or like that's the best route, but I kind of want to see that right now because I absolutely love what they're doing with it. And right now, this is one of the things I'm tuning in every night for dynamite for is to see MJF and Adam Cole.
2: (laughs) I can agree that the chemistry between Adam Cole and MJF is great. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of them teaming up though. Um, I want to see MJF stay alone. I want to see him be that person that just goes out there and mocks everybody. He doesn't care. He'll face whatever. Just goes out there and makes fun of everybody and makes you run through hoops to, to face him. And I feel like putting him with Cole has unfortunately made him more of a face kind of person. So you are going to start getting those people to cheer MJF. They were already cheering MJF and he was supposed to be a heel. They're doing it even more. And the best MJF is heel MJF. You really don't want to push that face when he is living the life of a heel. He is doing everything off camera as a heel. He is, you know, the the truest thing to say, I think is he is like the undertaker where he never broke breaks character. He's always just that person. And it's been great. And a lot of people can appreciate that because not everybody can do that. So, I, I have that hard time because I, I just don't want to root for MJF. I want to root to hate or like to hate MJF. And, and this is unfortunately making me just like MJF. And, you know, I, I think if uh, you start to do that, then, then we'll see what happens. But I also think it'll set up for a, a true emotional breakdown when they lose either the match to get to the, FTR, or whether they lose two FTR, and when he realizes he can't be a double champion, then hits Adam Cole with something, and then they go win feud again. So uh, I do look for that. Uh, I do trust in AEW's long term booking. So we'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, I mean, so first off, this
2: MJF this year
3: is the MJF I wanted last year, but to me he has become the guy that I expect him to be. I don't need him in the ring every week, but I want him to be a presence in of the show every week, whether it's segments or cutting out cut a promo, you know, he barely wrestled during the whole four pillars feud. And that was fine. What I don't like is when he disappears for three months. That to me is stupid. That's ridiculous. That's, that's not someone who's worthy of an award or being considered you know, a franchise player. But this is the MJF I wanted, whether it's the great Iron Man match with Danielson, the great 30-minute draw with Cole. Those are the kind of things I want to see with MJF and make those matches feel special. What I like about the MJF-Cole thing is that it kind of keeps his reign fresh. Like MJF has a classic heel. He's, a, he's always going to go for the low blow, always going to go for the cheap heat. But right now he's kind of playing like a classic babyface. He's out there slapping the fans' hands, and it's completely disingenuous, and you know it. But it's still funny, and it's hilarious, and we're waiting for the inevitable backstab, but we don't know where it's gonna come from because unlike a lot of stupid faces, Adam Cole basically has always been a heel. So we know he sees all this stuff coming too, so you could very easily see a scenario where MJF tries to stab Cole in the back and Cole's like, yeah, I saw that coming, bro. I was waiting. You know, I really anticipate MJF's gonna bring some backup and Cole's gonna be like, Yeah, me too. And here comes a returning Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. Like that to me is how you extend their feud a little bit. Maybe they do a six-man tag at all in that leads to their title match it all out since they're only a week apart. Like that's a good way and easy to transition it. But I, I think these things are good for MJF because Reigns can get stale, right? If he's just out there doing the same stick over and over and over again. Look, the internet is fickle. Brian Danielson said that years ago, but it is true. You get sick of seeing the same thing. It doesn't matter how great it is. You need some variety. This little quote unquote face run is good because he's so manipulative. Like the whole scene when they're playing video games, he's like, well, you gotta have friends. We all know that is classic MJF manipulating situation, but you can't help but feel bad for the guy because he's not lying. He probably doesn't have friends, but you know why he doesn't have friends. He's a piece of crap. But it's still compelling television, and that's fine. Like this is a good story. This is what I want from AEW. I have no complaints about it. My only concern with him, Jeff, if he falls to the church of punk, I'm going to be infuriated. Like th- this is your franchise star. The only person who should be beating him is the next franchise star, not the 47-year-old previous franchise star from 15 years ago. Like whoever your next mega face is, I don't know who that is that's the guy who should have thrown in And that shouldn't probably be until 2024, in my opinion.
1: I think uh, Doug had, you were the one that had said to me, you think all out, we're probably going to see MJF versus punk. And if we do, I will say like hundred percent. MJF has to win that. Like it has to be MJF and, you know, MJF could get booed and that's fine because he's the heel. So it's okay to have MJF get booed, you know, with a, a you know, title versus title match. Uh, but I totally agree with you. Punk should not, he should not win that title because you should have MJF. I- title versus title? What title? Well, because Punk never lost the title.
3: Yeah, I mean. So Punk's
1: stripped. still <laughs> the champion, as he says.
3: Just, just because you believe it to be so, like I can claim myself to be Scarlett Johansson's husband. That doesn't mean I have any claim to that throne. Like you got stripped, you got suspended, you're not the champion anymore. Like you got beat. Didn't you get beat by Moxley anyway?
1: Well, well, here's the thing. I can teach you how to use Photoshop and AI, and you can we can
3: make that happen, okay? Okay, yeah, thanks. You knocked
0: that out for me, please. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So um, let's also talk about uh, a, a title change. Uh, Luchasaurus won the TNT title, um, which uh, I think has been a long term time coming, but is this thing getting passed around right now? I mean, there's been, uh, what, almost 20 reigns since this thing's been out? I mean, they're passing this thing. It's like hot potato, hot potato. I mean... You know, Roger, I, I know that you're not a fan of the hot potato uh, title thing, uh, especially with the 24-7 championship. So the TNT championship with having almost 20 reigns, what are your thoughts on the fact that, again, I, another hot potato?
3: The TNT title has fallen a long way since the days of the Redeemer. Like, really, that title felt special once upon a time. And now it's been surpassed by the international championship. Like Orange Cassidy's run with the international championship feels much more important than whoever the flavor of the week TNT champion is. And to be quite honest, what really sucks, I think, for this, for AEW, I remember when we did like our draft, I think one of the things Aaron pointed out was that, hey, how come nobody picked Wardlow? And I think I made the comment of like, well, I just want to see if he can actually become a star. But I think we all thought he would be a star. Uh, I, after his three TNT title reigns, I think he's in a worse position than he was when he initially broke up at, with MJF. And now I question, like, not only are you not one of the next four pillars, you're not the next Batista. You're not the next Goldberg. I don't know. You, I, you seem stagnant and boring. And like, is this championship something that Christian is great with the TNT title because he's great with really everything. I don't care about Luchasaurus anymore. I don't necessarily care about who beats him for this championship. Like this title feels like the most unimportant title on the show. And to me for a title that had really good linings to start, whether it was Cody and Mr. Brody Lee and Miro had that fantastic run and Darby's had two couple of fantastic runs. It really, this championship just feels meaningless and pointless. And if it were to go away, I don't know that I would care, which is a shame because it was at one point, I loved watching Miro as the champion. It was, it was really fun and it was entertaining and they built good stories with it. And now this championship just doesn't seem to have its shine and maybe they can heat it back up again. But at this point, this match just feels like the bathroom barrack match whoever is on this. I'm, this is when I'm going to go get my stuff. I don't care about this.
2: Uh, I always worry about it when you have too many titles because I want the title to be special. And I, I think that the, TNT belt could be special. It could be something that, you know, is kind of like the intercontinental title, but it just seems lackluster And they have had um, a lot of things that could have been better or better title reigns or something like that. But it just really seems to be there to be a either few or not a few star, but like, all right, let's just do this. It's a a convenient uh, storyline. To, to get two people on dynamite or two people on collision, or just to uh, have another match at the pay-per-view. And it doesn't seem like it's necessarily a, Oh yeah, this is why people are fighting. Cause we have to have a uh, night of champions basically, or what is a battle for the belts. Uh, so we'll have seven matches cause we have seven belts and then it just doesn't seem very important to have all those titles. Um, you know i i just other than the the main title for AEW i'm not i haven't really been excited for too many other than the tag team champions uh, you know the three the the triple threat or the what are they called the, the um, trios. trios trios has been fine and everything like that too but it is starting to unless you get better or more trios that are interesting uh, then that one, I think I feel is also going to drop off the map pretty soon too.
1: Yeah. I, I totally agree with you, Doug. And one of the things I think about is uh, in the WWF, they introduced the European title. And at the time you had the British bulldog was the first champion at Shawn Michaels, win it triple H like it became a pretty prestigious title where it's like, Hey, which one's better this or the intercontinental title. And then slowly but surely, you started, like, having it taper off. And I feel like the TNT title has become that. Because you had Cody Rhodes. He had great matches with Mr. Brody Lee. uh, He had a great match with Sammy Guevara. Obviously, as Roger had mentioned, Miro. Those were amazing matches and amazing defenses. You know, it it meant something. And then it's just kind of, like, slowly kind of faded into the background where now it feels like the European title was, you know, in the 2000s, where, like, it started, like, losing a little bit of its luster. And it feels like the international title is more the intercontinental title. Like they're making this a a bigger deal because there's only been two champions and orange Cassie has defended the title like 30 times now. Uh, You know, that one I would like to see a title change sometime soon. You know, I think that there's some of the matches that you could have taken it off them and not hurt them, but that's for another, another point. The TNT title though, it's definitely, they need to do something with it to make it feel special. Cause right now I don't see people clamoring for the TNT title. I see them clamoring for the international title.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I just I hope that they uh, I hate seeing the Ring of Honor championships as well on AEW programming. I mean, once in a while, it's, you know, let, you know, promote it. But I think that we should probably split it and kind of just once in a while, bring them bring them in. Uh, the other thing that, that uh, happened uh, that. I don't know, it, it, was, it was pretty good. And then some uh, Osprey and uh, Omega tore it up, uh, Doug. Can you uh, put it in perspective this match?
2: Uh, this is, uh, <clears throat> I think, there is a two-way tie now for match of the year, uh, and, and unfortunately, or fortunately, I, it's both Omega versus Osprey. I mean, both matches. Just, I mean, instantly you start at like a at least a six star, and you put it in the Tokyo Dome, then it's going to become a nine star. But it's, the, and then they just go they, they both work well together. They both can do the spots. They can both do uh, amazing feats. Um, The, you know, there's a lot of people that question whether Omega should have taken the tiger driver. Um, But it was, I mean, when you're in that kind of moment and you're in that kind of uh, a match and that feel um, sometimes, you know, you just, you, you put a little bit more risk into it just to make it that much more, more special, and I mean these guys are amazing. I don't want to see either of them get injured or anything like that. Um, but it's just it's one of those things. Anytime either of them are in the mat, ma- uh, <clears throat> in a match, you want to see it. It's almost must see, and uh, I absolutely love that I've been able to see both of them fight live and uh, to see another match. I- I'm ready. It doesn't need to be a trios match. It doesn't need to be anything. They could fight. I want to see a best of seven series with them just going at each other. No titles needed, just pure hatred of each other and go at it and see who's the better wrestler.
3: I really liked the match. Like I'm not going to pretend like Osprey versus Omega wasn't a top five match. Unlike Doug, it's a very clear four to me. Um, And really the big reason is that I don't like Don Callis returning if you get thrown out of a match, you're gone. Like to me, that just doesn't make sense. And that takes me out of it. When the referee says, get the hell out of here. And then he throws him out and he comes back. The referee immediately said, leave or you're disqualifying. Like that was stupid to me. I understand they had to do the screwdriver spot. I'm not a big fan of that one. I mean, yeah, it was a cool, like false finish kick out. I don't really care that Kenny took the Tiger driver because quite frankly, he's a professional. Osprey's is professional. If they're okay with it, so be it. I don't want to see that spot every single match. If you want to do that for an epic match, so be it. It's great. It's like the old pile driver. It was a really good match. I, like Doug, would love to see round three. To me, the first one was what I want from them. I don't want outside interference. I want a pure wrestling match between two of the best wrestlers in the world. I don't need that extra callous crap for this. That's for blood and guts. That's for, you know, other matches. Keep him away from these matches. This is not a time to advance story. This is a time to go out there and put on classics. Classics. Having said that, if you want to give me round three at all in over in London, great. Love it. Watch it. Doesn't even need to be for the championship. I just want, you know, give me two out of three falls. Give me a 30-minute Ironman match. Give me a 60-minute Ironman match. I don't care. Like, I just want to watch those two tear it up in the ring. It was really good. Like I said, I think it's my fourth best match of the year. It was, uh, every, I would have paid just to watch that match at Forbidden Door and felt like I got my money's worth. And there was still another dream match to go. So it was a really good match.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely echo your guys' thoughts. And I think that, I don't want to say it's a guarantee, but they have to have a trio, a, a trilogy. And I'm going to go ahead and call it now. They did Tiger Driver 91 at, uh, at Forbidden Door. I think we're going to see Tiger Driver 98, uh, which is a uh, essentially the same thing, but it's more of a pile driver. And I think that's going to be kind of the culmination because, it, you know, they're trying to tell a story in the ring. So I think we're going to see something like that in there. I uh, absolutely love it. I don't want to see, uh, you know, to Roger's point, I don't want to see these in every match. I don't want to see the the tiger driver 91 because it is so dangerous. If you go back and you look at what Masawa did in Japan, it was some of the stuff. I mean, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The, some of the stuff that happened, but then you hear about how he died in the ring because he took a backdrop suplex and essentially what happened was uh, because of all the damage to his neck he had a essentially severed the spinal cord like just taking a simple move and that's how he died and I'm not saying Kenny Omega is going to happen that's going to happen to him but I don't want him to do that every every match because he is a best bout machine he has a five star uh, you know he's going to put five star matches all the time uh, but I want to see that when he's in his 40s I and I want him to live a long life so
0: Great match. Absolutely love it. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. But one thing also, yeah, I thought the match was, was just tremendous. And there, there, I don't, sometimes you don't need a, a spot in a match. Sometimes you can just tell it through like chain wrestling, even. Um, and I think that that's, that's, I wish they would almost have something that classic, but I have a feeling that they're going to try something really crazy while they're in London. And I'm, I really, really hope they don't. I hope they just have a simple match where it's just telling the story in the ring. That's it. They don't need chairs. They don't need tables. None of that crap. But um, one thing, because, uh, you know, because you're going to get hurt um, and someone who can definitely talk about getting hurt during a match. Brian Danielson got hurt um, at Forbidden Door. He actually uh, what is he broke his arm, if I'm correct, uh, during the match against uh, Okada and was still be al- was still able to pull off the win. But uh, he's, he's out for what I think they said up to 12 weeks. So, um, so I'm just kind of curious, uh, Roger, what do you think about the fact that, you know, Brian Danielson, again, hurt continued to wrestle, but we didn't know how the extent of it was until much later. Um, what did you think about the match? And what do you think about the fact that he didn't, he just continued that match when he really didn't, he could have called it at that moment moment, I think.
3: Um, I mean, look, the match was exactly what I expected between Danielson and Okada, which is also two of maybe the five best wrestlers in the world. It was fantastic. There is something to be said when you're able to essentially audible and call a match on the fly with a broken arm, and it was still great, and it was still fantastic. There are ten people in, in that I can think of off the top of my mind who, of history who could probably have pulled that off. You're talking the Bret Hart's of the world, the Rip Flairs of the world, the you know the elite of the elite, who Kurt Angle, you know, guys who were just so good in the ring that they could be like, okay, we're changing on the fly because my arm is broken, and they worked it into the match. The one thing that I find interesting, and it didn't offend me all that much, though it did stand out, he faked a seizure. Now, wrestling is wrestling. There are many of tasteless things that have happened far worse than that. I'm not overly offended by the fact that if Brian Danielson says, I want to fake a seizure, and maybe he just thought of something to buy some time as he was trying to assess how much his arm was broken. I know a lot of people were bothered by that because he does have that history of seizures. Personally, to me, as a heel, that's a great move. if you are brian danielson and you think you can get sympathy and you're going for that edge over okada great play yeah guess what it ticked you off that's what heels are supposed to do folks they're supposed to get under your skin and make you angry you're not supposed to like them and it worked so i don't have a problem with it i thought the match was really good i'm shocked that he was able to um audible with such a broken arm and and i don't and doug you know japan more than i do has okada ever tapped out before Because he tapped him clean in the middle of the ring with the uh, LaBelle lock with one arm. You want to talk about putting over Brian Danielson as the best in the world? That right there, there's no one, I think, in history who can say they've tapped at Okada clean. And he did it with a broken Mm. freaking arm. Like him and Kurt Angle right now are about the only two people who can use broken freaking body part.
2: (laughs) I'm not going to say that it hasn't ever happened before, but it's definitely a rare occasion if it has.
3: Like, um, then Cotta, I guess is who I'm asking if he's ever tapped out. Right.
2: Um, I think it would be interesting. I, I really would have loved to be a fly on the, the wall there to see where they were talking about the match before it ever happened to see who was going to go over because, you know, Brian Danielson's humble. He's more than willing to put over a younger talent. He's more willing to, to do things to help the business. Um, but you know, Okada also has that honor and would probably be more honored to lose to a Daniel Bryan um, or Brian Danielson. And, and so I would have just loved to see the argument between both of them to see who's going to actually, it's not a fight to see who's going to win. It's going to be a fight to who can, uh, who can put over the other person. So um, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing when things happen. Uh, We all predicted uh, Okada to win. I thought there was a lot of people that probably thought that way too. Um, and to see, uh, Brian Danielson win, uh, I think that's kind of amazing. And, uh, I, I can't wait to see if they, if they try to do a trio or if they try to do another, you know, maybe in the Tokyo dome, uh, where, you know, maybe Okada wins because it's, you know, his territory or something like that. But, you know, I, I'll, I'd love to see him fight again.
0: You guys were asking about, when was the last time Okada tapped out? I actually found it. It was against Nakamura in the G125 block finals. That's it. There's, there's. They said that there's been a few other times, but that's it. That he's. Is-
3: what year was that? Because Nakamura's been in WWE for six years now, right? 2016.
1: We saw him debut, so yeah. So, I mean, that's what, 2015 at the uh, uh, earliest. So <laughs> it's been a while. But uh, yeah, I mean, I echo your guys' thoughts. Uh, you know, Brian is tremendous. He, you know, Roger put him in our Hall of Fame last year, and it, it was well deserved. You know, like he is, he is a technician, and to see what he can do in the ring, even at you know now, is is great. And I, I hope that you know he heals, he comes back, and he just continues doing what he's doing. I like seeing him with younger talent. I just, I, I think it's it's really good to see him in the ring with the likes of Sammy Guevara. And to see him go up against Kenny Omega and to see him, you know, mentor Wheeler Yuta, It it is really good to see him with that younger talent. And I really hope that they continue to use him that way because I, I want to see him for years to come.
0: All right. So uh and just to let you know, is in 2015 was was when he tapped out last, if that tells you anything. So eight years. Wow. Um, so uh Blood and guts. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of blood and guts. I know some people probably are like, "Oh, come on!" But uh, Aaron, what do you what do you think about the fact that blood and guts happen? and anyone uh, show up? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think uh, Doug is going to probably gush over, uh,
1: you know, the golden boy that showed up. But I like specialty matches. I don't like it to be a yearly thing. I like it to make sense. You know, when hey, we're going to Hell in Cell in October, and so we have to have a match that leads up to Hell in a Cell. I, I don't like that. I don't feel like they've been they've been doing this yearly, but they have matches that lead up to it. And then they announce the match, which I like. Uh, so I appreciate that. It is a spectacle. Uh, I don't think that there has been any that have been jaw dropping in the way that we've seen war games where there have been matches where we go like that was absolutely amazing. Like that was, you know, the ones that, obviously what we saw at NXT. That was amazing. The fact that we got to see that live uh, and, and see what Tommaso Ciampa did. Uh, you know, it's crazy. I'm okay with this. I think that if you're doing this as a feud ender, that's fine too. Uh, I, I'm i not getting sick of the BCC and the elite yet, but it's, I feel like you could quit now and you're going out on a high
2: note. I agree. I think that this, uh, if they were going to do blood and guts with them, they should have done it the last time that they, they fought. Uh, I think that we've had our, are a a little bit too many matches between B BCC and the elite. And it's, you know what? This is a blood and guts kind of feud. I would agree with that. Um, but we just need a little bit more, I I guess, uh, shorter, uh, timelines of these storylines. Um, but I, it it is what it is. And I'm going to love to see it. It's going to be a great, but I also fear what happens to the loser what a stable um if you're trying to keep a stable together hopefully b c c wins uh the elite can afford to go their separate ways if they have to or anything along those lines or uh because you got either trios or tag teams or even b single wrestlers you know where it's hangman it's Kenny omega it's uh the Young Bucks going back to the tag team titles. So whatever it is, it'll be interesting. And probably, you know, again, possibly a top five match of the year.
3: I, I think I'm ready. This is the feud ender, and that's to me what war games should be, right? We have a problem. You know, My issue with Pinnacle versus Inner Circle was that they started with this, which is stupid to me. This, this is when you end a feud. Okay, we've been beefing for two, three months. It's time to go. Let's sell this once and for all in war games. This, you know, your feud with the Horsemen typically ended here. Your feud with the Undisputed Era typically ended here. Same thing I like here. I actually think both the elite need to win and they should win, and I think it actually works to their advantage that Danielson got hurt. Because the BCC can say we weren't at full strength. If we have the guy who tapped out Okada, we win that match, but we didn't have him. Not that they're weak stable because you still got Claudio and Pac and Takeshka, but it is different, right? Like Brian Danielson is a straight game changer. So him being out gives a heel team a logical excuse to say we would have won if. Whereas if the elite lose we beat you without danielson we didn't even have our ace in the hole we're still better than you i don't think you know the elite have basically lost anarchy in the arena this is their time to win the big match it'll be a big deal because abushi's there it's the golden elite great 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 i also think it's time for them to move on to the callous family feud whatever that entails separate them let them do their thing the bcc can go their own way i think it's fine i like this match uh, i think it's a really good stables match it's a really good way to end four on four five on five type matches I don't want to see them feud anymore. You know, one of the problems I've always had is that Jericho feuds go far too long. This has basically gone across two pay per views, right? It started the night Danielson returned after Revolution. It's ending here. Good. This is a that's a good amount of time for a feud. Let's call it a day. Let them tear it up on a high note. Go out on a bang. I'm sure the match will be fantastic. I mean, of the ten people in that match, there's not a bad wrestler in sight. You put those ten in two rings, you're going to have something special. We talked about. The match of the year, it wouldn't shock me if when we come back in December, this was in the discussion for match of the year. Because the people that they have, whether you're talking about Pac or Moxley or Omega or Ibushi or Hangman or the Bucks or Claudio. I mean, Wheeler Uter might be the worst person in that match. And that's a pretty high floor. So I'm really excited to watch this match. And that, to me, is what a good feud dinner should be. It should have me excited.
2: I I, I, I accurate your guys' thoughts on that. So my question— oh. Before we uh, move on, I have one question for everybody. What about the rumor that CM Punk wanted into this match? When you found out Diana Bryan wasn't going to be in it, CM Punk wanted to be the new uh, the the other member, and it, basically everybody was okay with it except for the Young Bucks. Uh,
0: that's interesting, actually. I,
3: I wonder... has... Go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead.
1: I wonder if he's doing that uh, to be a crapster. You know, like a, because uh, the Young Bucks had come out, a uh, collision saying, oh, we're going to have counterfeit Bucks, or like, you know, five years ago would have had counterfeit Bucks uh, t shirts. I think, you know, he, he was doing that just to like kind of not necessarily put feelers out there, but to kind of like stir the pot a little bit.
3: It doesn't make sense for him to be in this match. I mean, unless you were turning him heel, like him being the fifth man for BCC wouldn't make sense. Him and Mox also don't get long, so there's no way Mox would go to him. Also, I'm sorry. CM Punk is not an acceptable substitute for Brian Danielson. I know in Punk's mind that's a that's an equitable substitute. But if if I thought I was gonna get Brian Danielson and I got Pac, I'm still happy. If the replacement for Brian Danielson is CM Punk in Chicago, this would be a special moment. In Canada, this could be a special moment. Uh, but again, just because you think you're Bret Hart doesn't make you Bret Hart. I think I'd rather watch Bret Hart in this match currently than I want to see CM Punk in this match currently.
0: All right. So let's thank our sponsor, HostGator. Are you a blogger, a podcaster, or are just not happy with your web host? You can check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click, strip, installs a free set bill, and hands down the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try a free demo to see how easy it is, And if you use a special coupon code off the mark. You're going to say 25% off your web hosting packages. So what are you going to lose? Check out hosting.com and take a bite at every web hosting cost. Also, you make sure you check out the section 86's off the mark page and click on the banner at the top to save, big, save money on items from com. Okay, so AEW launches Collision. We talked a little bit about earlier. So, Roger, what is different about the, you know, how is Collision different from the other two shows?
3: So to me, dynamite reminds me of nitro the way that it's the flagship show, it's the premiere show. You know, I I know Nitro turned into a joke at the end of WCW, but when WCW was fine, Nitro was legitimately must-see television. You wanted to see what was happening every single week. It had good matches top to bottom. You had main eventers. You had fun cruiserweights. That was like the, like, I don't want to say pure wrestling show, but it was like the show. There was another show, like Saturday Night WCW. That's kind of what Collision reminds me of. It's more old school. It has the feel to it. They do the, like, promos that remind me of the 80s. And I actually really have been enjoying it. Like my kind of distaste for Punk's childish behavior aside, I think collision has a very fresh and different feel that I appreciate. Also, and I've said this pretty much every week, the more I watch Jay White, the more I love Jay White. Like I wasn't a huge fan when I watched him. um, I think at Wrestle Kingdom, he fought someone in the main event. Can't remember who exactly who it was. And he lost the title. And I was like, oh, he's fine. Was it Okada? And I was like, he's not bad, but he's just kind of bland to me. And then he debuted in AEW, and I kind of really got to watch him week after week and his promos. And he's just such a good scumbag. And the way that he – you know, even without necessarily cheating, even the way he shakes his hand, he's so disingenuous, and he's just dripping with just heel energy. I love Jay White. He's one of my favorites right now. Watching Bullet Club Gold kind of be the top heel faction has been great. Things have been good for the guns. It's been good for Juice. I got to see some Samoa Joe. That was always fun. Really, my only issue with Collision is I'm just sick and tired of the church of punk. Everything is about punk. Everything is – Starks has to beat him by cheating or uh, it's about Joe Punk 4 or the main event of Joe and Strong is really about punk. I mean it's just – you know, it's the the CM Punk jerk-off hour. Like at some point, I'm just sick and tired of that crap. Like you want to be Bret Hart, but you're more like 90s Sean. If we're being honest, you act more like 80s Hogan. Like it's just ridiculous how everything has to be the church of punk. So while I think the show is really good, I want the main event to be rotated. Dynamite does an excellent job of rotating the main events. One week it might be Omega, another week it might be the women's, and it might be the tag team, and all those things. That two out of three falls, that was the main event. I don't don't give a crap about Punk versus Stark. That two out of three falls was one of my top three matches of the year. That should have main evented the Calgary Saddle Dome. That was a great match, top to bottom, four of the best wrestlers in the world. Stark's Punk's was fine. I love it. I didn't care. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. And I think it looks like Starks to turn heel. So to me, everything, everything, if you take away punk has been fantastic. I like the different commentators. I like the different feel. I think Saturday night's a fine night. I just need them to move past the, this is kind of the CM punk hour. And then everybody else find their spot. Look, Punk's a big star. I'm not going to deny he's not. But you don't need to be in the main event. I think they've had four weeks, and he's been in the main event three times.
1: Come on, And the other time, he was the commentator, so... And
3: the other time, he was the special guest commentator talking most of the time, so... It's not like AEW suffers from a lack of talent. There are plenty of other people who can. Fill. Your buddy's FTR can fill a main event slot. It'll be fine. So Mojo is a main event wrestler. He can hold a main event slot. Andrade, Alistair Black, the House of Black. Give me a trios tag match. Give me. I mean, you got a bunch of women you're not using backstage. Where, where's Thunder Rosa? Wasn't she supposed to be one of the like advertised people for the show? I, I mean, you know, like. Can we get one of the TBS or the women's championship maybe defended on, it? you know, like give me something more. I think Tony storm defended the women's championship on battle of the belts, which no one cares about. Put that on Rick collision. Like let, let that be something that the women's championship gets more shine here. So I think there can be real value on a Saturday show. The roster is certainly big enough to handle it. At some point, I'm just going to get tired of this and it's going to go the way of rampage, which is
2: cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to go up. Um, Aaron and I got to enjoy the first collision. Uh, It was great being there Uh, for the first collision. It was, it was a great card. I mean, you had Luchasaurus win the the title on the first time. And then uh, I I think one of the matches of the night was even Andrade versus buddy Matthews. And that was a great match. Uh, Love seeing those two going at it. Uh, Both very, very talented. So why not? Um, it was, it was, it was a great night. I enjoyed a lot of it, but like uh, Roger said, it's CM Punk. It's all about CM Punk. And, and I had a good, good laugh and chuckle on the inside when uh, I think it was Dax Hardwood got out on the mic afterwards and said, this is not a, uh, a split roster thing. This is a, we are all AEW and I'm looking at it as like, but punk's in there and it's not, it's, it's, Punk. I mean, the guy even took off the, the mic that said AEW, which I thought was actually a nice touch uh, to make it more about him, but you know what? It was, it was good promos and everything like that. But what, what happens when punk, you know, does inevitably blow up and storm off and, you know, cry victim again and again and again, and, uh, and then you don't have him on the show. Is it, is, is the show going to collapse because of it? Or is it going to be, a showcase of great talent with Miro, Andrade, Buddy Matthews, Alistair, or, uh, Malachi Black. Um, and, and I mean, you have you have so much great talent in AEW. I don't mind a, a true second show. I don't think Rampage ever got to a point where it was a true second show. It was more of a, oh, here's an hour of, you know, that that, that Rampage feels to me more like the Saturday night one hour special. Um, you know, it's like, Oh, we have dark and it's popular on YouTube, but let's try it on another cable channel for a year or an hour. And okay. It it works better as a YouTube show. Um, but now that they have so much great talent, sure. You know, get, get another two hour show. No problem. Uh, it, it doesn't need to be a split. It kind of still feels like a split. Um, so I hope they can make it be more balanced where it is, It's Dynamite, but things from Dynamite can happen on Collision and things from Collision can also happen on Dynamite.
1: Yeah, I I would like to see a softer split for sure. There are people uh, such as Andrade and uh, Malachi who want to only be on the Saturday show because their wives are WWE employees. And so being able to see them on Wednesdays, which is their travel day, you know, or with their off day, it's like, hey, I want to be able to see my spouse, you know, or my significant other. I totally get it, uh, and, I, and I don't fault them in the least for that. I I do wonder if Saturday is going to work long term. We've seen some of the numbers come out. I think it was like about eight hundred thousand, and then dipped to like five hundred, and then six hundred. So it seems to kind of settle in, maybe to that five six hundred thousand um, you know range for uh, Saturday nights. But what's going to happen during college football season? We know Monday Night Raw takes a hit. You know, may not be like a giant hit right now, but it's it's definitely a hit. I wonder what college football is going to do. You know, there's definitely markets that are going to only be watching college football. And that, I think, is going to hurt AEW. And I wonder if we're going to see, you know, October, it's going to be 400000 300000 And I think at that point in time, it's going to be a, like, all right, well, what are we doing? And if Warner Brothers Discovery is fine with it, all right, so be it. You know, I, I get it. If they're fine with it, that's what matters most. But I think from a standpoint of advertisers and getting those eyeballs on there, if people look at it and they say, hey, we're only getting 400,000, you know, from September to December, what are you going to do? You know, that that's kind of my thought uh, as it relates to that. As far as uh, Punk goes, though, I do want to say one thing, even though it, it sounded like I was defending him. It's more that I, I i like Punk and I like him on the mic. i I also love Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is one of my top five favorites of all time. I I think Jericho needs to go away for a little while, and it's not that Punk needs to go away, but like like Roger was saying, when you know three of the four main events feature Punk, you know maybe you could like scale that back. You know, like maybe, maybe what you could do is have him on the first couple, and then he cut, cut goes out and cuts a promo, you know, for the third mat, the uh, third uh, collision. You can go in and enter mingle some of that stuff i i i pay to see punk talk i do and i have no problem with that but don't have it on every single week i don't want to go and see collision every single week and AEW is coming back to chicago for the first time in a long time and so doug and i are going to dynamite which uh you know i'm gonna be excited to see that we're not going to collision you know for a couple of reasons one probably doing our fantasy football draft but also because you know like I, I wouldn't want to go to collision, you know, one that's too much. And also like what's going to happen on collision that we wouldn't see at the pay-per-view all out on Sunday, you know, we're going to all out. Uh, and so I don't know. I, I see collision being, you know, turning into what rampages has been the last uh, few months. So obviously we'll see, but Andy, how about you? Have you, have you been enjoying collision is it something? Is it must see for you? Do you tune in on Saturday nights, or do you DVR it and watch it the next day?
0: I uh, DVR it actually. I and, and the thing, but the thing is, I will say it's very entertaining. Uh, I can watch it, and I don't feel like I'm like bo- I don't I'm bored. It just feels it does feel a lot of, like old school, but yeah, I, I mean, I like punk, but come on, and I and I know what they're I know what they're doing, but. It just it would be nice if they just continued to, um, I guess improve and like bring other people through. Um, and the other thing is that i I really wish that Rampage would be taped or not Rampage, but Collision would be taped. Um, actually, I think really Rampage would be taped too. But I think with collision, you can get away with having a couple week having two shows taped and and maybe even do like what they used to do with Raw where they'd go live and then they would tape one. I think that they should like look into doing something like that. Well, yeah, rampage. I'm sorry, Ramp- I'm thinking that a lot of the special rampages that they've been having, where uh, it feels like it's uh, that is true. Uh, but yeah, yeah, So Ring of Honor is taped at uh, at, uh, at, uh, at uh, I'm sorry at Rampage. Thank you, Doug. Um, but but overall, I just I, I think that there's now they have five hours of wrestling. I was really hoping that they were going to put one of those things on, um, like uh, on the uh, Max. I really thought that they were going to do something like that. We're only streaming there. Um, They really don't have much AEW content on there, at least right now. Um, Hopefully, they start adding it here shortly. But overall, I'm just, you know, I think that they are. I think Saturday will be will be changed eventually. Uh, I just don't see how you could. You know, if because if, if the rumor is that the NFL may run like a, a, a Saturday night game here and there, um, if you have that plus college, AEW is going to be. Uh, I, I would rather watch NFL or college opposed to watching wrestling because I can just tape it. Um, we'll see what happens uh, in the long term. But overall, I'm just uh, I am excited that they actually do have like a couple of time slots. I just hope that they are able to piece it out. Um, I don't like the idea of having a Friday night show and a Saturday night show. I think you should have one or the other. I don't think you can do both. Um, Even if you said like, Hey, we're going to run rampage on Tuesdays at eight from eight to nine, just so we can see if we can beat NXT on a tape show. But yeah. uh, And yeah, Saturday is off course as we all know is the death slot. So I just really hope that they do not. I really hope they come up with something else as well to entertain us. All right. So, That's all the time we have for this month's show. If you're into Twitter, you follow us all from Arcade6. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and editing the podcast. And I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to download and listen to the show. And for Roger Cave, Doug Hunt, and Aaron Hughes, I am Andrew Hughes. And until next time, see you in the ring.